All right, John chapter 15, if you would, this morning. And we'll look at a couple verses in Colossians chapter 3. You won't have to turn there, but if you'd like to, you can. Um, So if you want to put your finger there this morning. But we're going to begin reading uh, the first uh, five verses, and uh, we'll be talking primarily about verses 4 and 5 a little bit, just trying to make some application over the things that we've looked at uh, the last several weeks. And uh, trust that it will be a blessing and encouragement in some way uh, to you this morning. Uh, But John 15.1 says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth. <clears throat> excuse me, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Uh, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord, and uh, Lord, we do thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather together. And I pray, Lord, that we would make the use or the best use of this time. Lord, help us to set aside the distractions and the cares of uh, of the day, Lord, and of the life that we live. And I just pray that you'd help us to focus on you and your word today as we gather together with your people, Lord, to worship you. And I just pray that you'd meet with us in a special way today, that you would touch hearts and and do only what you can in the hearts and lives of folks today. We pray that each one would be changed to be more like Christ today. And Father, now we pray that you'd bless your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we've been here for a few weeks, and and I think I admitted to you when I first started this uh, Series. It was actually a series from uh, Lancaster, uh, and Paul Chapel uh, was the one that kind of organized it. And and in here he says he's going to remind us of some things. And I thought, boy, this was a lot of reminders in these this curriculum here. But uh, I and I struggled. I almost was going to branch off and do something different. But uh, there are a few things in here that I think they're worth uh, making mention of. And I think it's because it's common things that we struggle with. And we fail to have victory in our lives uh, because we just, we struggle uh, and we have a battle in our flesh. And so today's, the title of the lesson this morning is Living the Life of Christ. Uh, living the Life of Christ. And so the application here in verses 4 and 5, it says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the true vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So the thought process is, as Christ is ascended back to heaven, and we are the branches, as Christians in Christ, those that are in Christ, we are here to execute the ministry that the Savior left us with. To seek and to save that which is lost. To, to, to reach those uh, lost that, that need Christ. And so... Uh, we can't effectively do that without being abiding in the vine. And uh, listen, when we are not dead to selfish desires, when we are quenching the Holy Spirit, we cannot experience victory in our personal life. Oftentimes we struggle. I don't know how many times I've talked to teenagers and I've experienced in my own life, it just you want victory and it just seems elusive. Uh, it's hard to live in victory uh, at times day to day, but really it's very simple. Uh, if we would just try. 
you know, and obviously we need the Holy Spirit's help. And we'll, we'll talk about that in this lesson this morning. But Colossians 3, 5, if you want to go there, um, verse 5 in Colossians says this, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And it, and it goes in, it, gives, it says fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And it goes on, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. And, and, and so I, wouldn't, I, would, I dare say that most of you are familiar with this principle of, of mortifying the deeds of the flesh and casting off those things that, uh, that really we've been saved from. But if you look at the beginning of Colossians, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And it says, Set your affection. And so some, these go hand in hand. So you have to set your affection on the things above, and you have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Uh, it goes hands in hand. Uh, and I would say most of us here this morning desire to mortify their flesh and yield their lives to the Spirit of God. Yet in the everyday application of this, uh, it's a struggle for many of us, really for all of us. Uh, the question is, how can I live for Christ daily? Uh, how can I have daily victory? Uh, listen, I know Christians that have victory on Sunday because they're around the Word of God, they're around the people of God, and there's encouragement and exhortation and, and fellowship with those that are doing the right thing. And, and, uh, but it seems like when they go to work Monday... Or they go to school Monday, it, they don't have that victory. They're not experiencing that victory. What's the difference? Sadly to say, in a lot of people's lives, it's the presence of the Word of God in prayer because it is, doesn't exist on a personal level. But they feel like they're in victory and they're, and, and they're experiencing this, this great joy in the Christian life when they're around the other people of God. But I want to tell you this morning, you can have that every day. Now, and what... I'm trying not to get ahead of my notes here, but there will be trials, there will be temptation, there will be struggles. But you can live in victory. Will you be perfect? No. But God willing, and, and I believe He is willing, it's just a lack of effort on our part sometimes and, and a lack of submitting and humbly coming before our God. God willing, we're better than we were yesterday. If we would just give attention to these things. I have a lesson, or maybe a message, I think it's Deuteronomy 6.11, and it says, Beware, and he's warning the people when you get into the land and you're feeding on things that you didn't plant, you're living in homes that you didn't build, and it says, Beware, because you might forget God. We are so blessed today. And things are so good because of those that have gone before us. And we can make that application for our nation. We can make that application for our church. Those that have sacrificed things that we might enjoy the abundance of what we have, but we have neglected to beware. And, and some things have creeped in if we've forget, forgotten our God. And, and, and listen, your walk with God, only you can do it. The pastor can't do it for you. The Sunday school teacher can't do it for you. You have to put some effort into this thing. Uh, do you want victory this morning? I, I pray that that's your desire, to have victory in your Christian life. Uh, how can I live with the mind of Christ without the interference of the flesh? Uh, really, the flesh is always going to be there, nagging and, and, and irritating you. Uh, but you don't have to give in all the time. 
Really, you don't have to anytime. With all temptations, he makes a way out. We just fail. Uh, and we, we don't choose the right uh, direction that he would have for us. And so, again, this is going to be a little bit of recap, but life, the life of Christ, there's a relationship to enjoy. You, sometimes I feel like we make it more complicated than it is. It's just a relationship that we can enjoy being, spending time with our Savior, with the God of the, the universe. Listen, He is the vine, and we've talked about He is the, the, the true vine, the genuine, the real. And if you go back in, in the Greek, uh, I think the word is alethinus. Uh, but you go to the root of that, it talks about being the alpha. And when we talk about our God being the alpha and the omega and the beginning and the end, there's none other, really. He's the one true God. There's a lot of folks that have other uh, thoughts on that. There's obviously, in our day and age, there's different people would say there's many paths to the same location, and that's not true. And so if your attention is on anything other than Christ, you're not going to have victory. And oftentimes we say that in correlation to maybe the wrong church or the wrong belief system, uh, the creed or whatever, but the reality is we make gods in our own lives. Whether it's our family, and we put our family and the importance that they have ahead of God, whether it's a possession that we have, our property, uh, that really truly is what God's anyway. We just try to, we elevate it above God. And, and so, uh, but listen, if the vine is not what you're really trying to connect to, uh, the true vine, I should say, uh, you're not going to have victory. It's impossible. Why? Because we're branches. In Christ, we're branches off of that vine. Uh, we, as followers of Christ, we, are, we ought to be extensions of himself. Is that not what a branch is? We're connected to it. And, and so we should be out, branched off of the vine, executing those things that Christ is no longer doing in his er earthly ministry here. Uh, that's what we are as branches here uh, today. You cannot live out uh, the life of Christ unless you, unless you abide in him. So what does it mean to abide, to continue with him, to, to remain with him? And I know we've talked about this a lot over the few days, but why do we have such a big struggle here? Because we neglect to continue with him. We aren't faithful to be in the word of God. We're not faithful to be in church when we're able. And so we struggle. We have difficulties. You can't do it. Listen to what Galatians 2.20 says. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live is the, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul is saying the life that he is now living is not the life that he originally had. He is now living out the life of Christ. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? As a branch. Uh, you don't have anything else more important in this earth than your responsibility to live out the life of Christ. But the problem is we get it flipped upside down sometimes and we think, well, boy, I got to get to work. Boy, you know, so we set our alarm clock based on the report time at work. Do you guys report civilians? I used to report. But anyway, um, I just show up now. I don't know. I don't know what I do. But... Being retired is amazing. <laughs> if they told me I could have done this, I would have done it years ago. But, uh, every once in a while I see people from the base. 
they're miserable. <laughs> they got to shave. Oh, my goodness. Life is good. But, um, no, well, praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord's been good to me. That's right. But listen, we get life flipped upside down. And we make a priority of those things that we are tending to earthly over our God. And so our, our devotions get cut short. Our prayer time gets uh, cut short because our priority is not our God and abiding in Him. And then we go about our day not being well nourished. And guess what happens? Trials come. There's people that you have to interact with and they're frustrating. And so your flesh starts to well up, but because you haven't nourished your spirit, you haven't communed with the vine, you haven't gotten alone with God, all of a sudden you're having this struggle. And it's hard when you're not well connected like you ought to be. And so consequently what happens? We give in to the flesh. The temptations of the devil are a lot easier to fold to. We'll look at a verse here in a moment. God can't bring things to remembrance if you never read it. That's a whole other point. But, um, but listen, the Apostle Paul was saying that the life he was living was not his own. He was living out the life of Christ. Have you crucified yourself and your desires? He's the vine, we're the branches. We can't do this on our own. Listen, he wants us to be representatives of him in this needy world. That's why we're here. Yeah, we're, we're to glorify him, but I don't think we can underemphasize the importance that lost souls are to our Lord. He died for them. I was listening to a message this week. What's the, well, it was actually, I think, a Prager University thing. Yeah, there's a lot of issues there. I, people, anyway, I won't even get into it, but it's definitely not doctrinally sound. <laughs> but um, he was talking about the purpose of life. He didn't quote a Bible verse, nothing. Uh, and, he, and it, you know, there's this thing about, you know, to glorify God, and yes, and, and you can talk about the whole duty of man, right? Uh, we sing that scripture verse. And, uh, but listen, as a Christian, what was Christ's purpose coming to this earth? To glorify the Father and to seek and to save that which is lost. So if you're not focused on those two things, you're out of step. And I dare say that if you're not seeking the lost, you're not glorifying the Father. Because they go hand in hand. Heaven rejoices when a lost one comes to Christ. And so oftentimes, I think in our religion, we're good at coming and glorifying. We sing hymns publicly. We have a choir. We do that. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but we're good at that. But it's an outward show here. Now, it ought to be in our heart and it's meaning to the Lord. But when we leave this place, what are we doing? Do you open the hymn book at the house and sing them? I have no, I rarely, I can't say never because we have done that at our house. But um, our focus, if it's on souls, will be glorifying him. They really go hand in hand. If you're seeking 
lost and laboring to win people to Christ, I would say that you're glorifying God in the other aspects of life. Because if you're not right with God, you're probably not sharing Christ. But if you're glorifying God, that may be an indicator that you're trying to honor God and live for God, and that would overflow into being a soul winner. Unless you're faking it, like we're good at in religion. We come here and we do it, but when we leave this place, are we really truly glorifying God with our life? If we were, we would be making a difference in our community, I think. They will see our good works and what? Glorify our Father in heaven. They, they will notice a difference in us. Um, <clears throat> in our upward mobility society today, we're not very good at abiding. As I mentioned, we rush to work. We rush to whatever the task of the day is, even if you don't have a job. Uh, we're on the move. Listen, people are job to job. I know folks, I know a particular person I'm thinking of right now. They've had so many jobs just in the short time I've known them, in the year or two I've known them, it just blows my mind. Uh, I, I don't know, I wouldn't hire them if I was an employer. I'm like, I, I'm looking for somebody who wants to stick around. Yeah. But, but job to job, people are moving from city to city and church to church all the time. We're bouncing around. We're not, we're not settling down. We're not remaining. Uh, it's not common in our society and in our day today. And the list goes on and on. I mean, I mean, just look at the television today. I mean, there's commercials, and it's just constantly changing all the time. Uh, we can't sit still. But in the midst of all those transitions, as people are, are changing jobs and changing churches and, and, and just can't settle down at the house, and, and there just always seems to be something that's got to be going on, uh, I think that affects our relationship with God. We never sit down and continue or remain with Him. We don't take that time to be still that we ought to. Listen, oftentimes we forget the fellowshipping and communion with Him is an everyday effort in Bible study and prayer. But oftentimes we're too worried about our selfish pleasures and we're quenching the Spirit of God that's been trying to work in our life because we're just in a rush. Some people are so busy they can't seem to squeeze God in their day. I know people I've talked to them, I, I don't have time for church. The reality is the busier you get, the more you need God. And I've learned that if I'm in tune, if I'm abiding with Him, I accomplish far more. Far more meaningful things. Some of the recreational activities have taken a back seat. And I don't think I'll regret that at the end of life. I think the Lord would be very happy to see some of those things that we think are important. But the reality is there are really little to no value to the kingdom of, of God. Listen, only He can give you the strength you need to live for Christ. We need to be abiding in Him. We need to be connected to Him. Listen, He wants to talk with you. Amen. God Himself wants to talk with you. He wants a relationship. Do you take time each day to meet with Him and to abide with Him? You will not have or you will not experience real victory until you abide with the vine. 
every day. And really, it's, it's all day. It's about communing with him constantly. We, we know that verse, pray without ceasing. We ought to be communing with him without ceasing. And so those things that we've gotten from his word, we can meditate and think on throughout the day and we can pray and, and seek for help and support. And sometimes I, I, I make mention that we, we make just so light of all the blessings that God gives us. We were doing some tasks at the house yesterday and we were just trying to accomplish some things and things weren't going as I wanted it to, which happens occasionally. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, it's getting cold. The sun's setting. Just help us. And all of a sudden, things started to go. Like, the project just picked up some speed, and boom, it was done. I got kids that know how to cut wood, and they did some stuff while I was focused on other things, and then it all came together, and it fit. I was blown away. But, you know, for some people can't read a tape measure, but um, I have a tape measure for you if you can't read one. It's got all the 16th, 8th, all that for you. But um, I call it the electrician tape measure. Um, <clears throat> But listen, sometimes it's just about communing with our God and fellowship with Him. But if we haven't established that, when the frustrations come up in our day, we're a lot less likely to turn to Him and say, Lord, I need your help right now. It's hard right now. I'm frustrated right now. Lord, I'm facing this circumstance or, or this struggle or this challenge or this person is really... Lord, I need some grace. And he'll give you grace if you just humble yourself. Do you desire to be with him? He desires to be with you. But the life of Christ involves obedience. Listen, people criticize Christians who attend Bible-believing churches that teach their members to obey Scripture. Obedience isn't very popular in culture, uh, especially the more secular and humanistic we get. Uh, it's not popular. Just whatever feels good, you just do that. Uh, it's not biblical. It's not scriptural. Uh, sometimes they may say this. The problem with fundamental Christianity is that it's, not, it's so legalistic. It's all about the rules. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's not about the rules. It, it's really about the relationship. And I, I'm afraid in our Christian churches today, in our, in our good Bible-believing Baptist churches, that's not where our, most of our membership understands the Christian life. They do look at it as a bunch of rules. I have to do this, I can't do that, rather than that true relationship, because they're not communing. And it's evidenced by the lack of power that our churches are experiencing. And I know Brother Lydic preached on it. it. It will get worse. It is perhaps harder than ever before to reach people for Christ, because it's waxing worse and worse. I understand that. But our God can still save our God's all-powerful. Maybe it's a failure of us tapping into that, that we're not experiencing the victory that, that is really already ours. It's won. The victory that we have in Christ. The Christian life is primarily relationship. But did you know every relationship has its own set of rules? Cindy and I have rules for our marriage. God established most of them. But there are certain things that I don't do because I have a wife. There are certain things my kids do because they have a dad. There's rules for relationships. Uh, it's, it, it's so simple, but, it, it, but it's often criticized. 
people criticize Christians who attend these churches. Uh, just, oh, you're just so legalistic. Maybe that's because we are. And they're not seeing our relationship with the Savior. And so the reflection that they have is perhaps not as accurate as the biblical Christianity that we say that we believe. Because we're more focused on saying the outward things of what you can and cannot do than living the life of Christ before them. And they don't see the love. They don't see the patience and the long-suffering and the joy and those things that ought to be overwhelmingly obvious in a Christian's life. So maybe they do just see the legalistic person. Every worthwhile relationship will have its own set of rules. So don't let people... You know, they're, they're going to say it's about freedom. I won't attend a church that has restrictions. But you know that guy that says that, the old Mr. Freedom? What does he become? Mr. Divorced. There's rules that we have to live with and abide by for certain relationships. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We can claim Christ as our Lord, the one that controls our life. We make that claim, but our words mean nothing if we do not obey Him. Listen, a, a true relationship with Him will bring obedience, and it won't be grudging. It'll be pleasant. It's commanded, by the way, if you keep my commandments, ye so lie to my love, even as my Father, hath, or even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. It's commanded, so, so don't feel bad about it. It's expected. Listen, don't forget, last week we talked about the mind of Christ and Christ voluntarily, submit, voluntarily submitted himself to the rule and the will of his Father. And God exalted him because of it. We ought to be doers of the word. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Listen, there are guidelines or commandments that we ought to live by. We ought to live in obedience uh, out of love for him. But listen, look what it says, and make our abode with him. That relationship will be strengthened as we're obedient uh, to the Lord. A lot of folks today think they can have a relationship with God and yet live in an ungodly fashion. It's not genuine Christianity. It's really a cheap substitute. True Christianity recognizes that God gave His all for us, and because we love Him, we will give our all and obey Him uh, in obedience. The life of Christ is guided by the Holy Spirit. Does obedience to Christ seem difficult? It can at times. Uh, sometimes the right decision isn't always the easy decision. Uh, but I have good news for you. God does not leave us without the ability to obey. We're guided by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit Himself empowers us to understand and live the life of Christ. We're not doing this in our own strength. It's not about you mustering up all that you have to, to do this. Uh, I know when I was in the Air Force, empowerment was really kind of a buzzword. I know it is in, in the corporate workplace today, uh, but in the Christian life, true empowerment is from God. Uh, he empowers and enables us to do what we do. And God will give us the resources we need for every situation that we face if we will only love Him enough to obey Him. 
there is, he's going to abode with us. Now, you guys are familiar with Ephesians 5.18, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The verse indicates that you are to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not other things. Obviously, wine uh, is, is what is in there, that scripture, but we can allow other things to control us. Obviously, there's other intoxicating or, or mind-altering substances, but if you're filled with those things, if you're under the influence of liquor or something else, uh, you're not going to be filled with the Spirit. That liquor or that wine is controlling actions at that moment. So for the Christian, what do we want? We want to be filled with the Spirit so that the Spirit is controlling our actions. And we're responding to circumstances based on the Holy Spirit's leading. When you are yielded to Him, you will desire to follow His commandments and you will be able to carry them out, not by your own power, but by the power that works within you. There will be a power within you if you would just yield to Him. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth of the Word of God or through the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Listen, we must avail ourselves to the Spirit's teaching through the Word of God. Through His Word, He reveals the truth we need to build our lives upon. He can convict us of sin uh, that may be hindering the power of God in our life. And reveal those things that are, that are holding us up from having victory. Listen, and he encourages us with his promises from the word. It's, again, not all about just no, no, no. Can't, can't, can't. Uh, he gives us promises. There are many distractions that try to block and hinder our spiritual growth. But I think in the end it boils down to a choice on our part. God's truth will not be revealed to us if we don't make time for it to happen. Again, he wants that relationship, but we have to make time. And we have to submit ourselves. The Holy Spirit can lead us from sin. I don't think anybody would argue that. You must be a person who studies the Bible if God's Spirit is going to lead and guide you. They go hand in hand. Uh, the Spirit's leading in the Word of God. But the Comforter, this is John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom by the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And it says this, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So all the things that God has said, and of course, obviously, this is Christ talking to the disciples there, and he's going to bring those things to remembrance, but Listen, if we haven't been in the Word of God, we can't be reminded of those things. Those things won't be brought up. You know, we were in uh, Saudi Arabia and doing a, a bed down uh, for a new base that we were building, 2019, I guess it was, into 2020. And there were a lot of people that had a lot of ideas. Well, I remember I went to this place and I went to that place and, and I had thankfully read the Bear Base Manual. And as we started to do this, I could lean back on some of the exercises I executed. But the thing that I leaned heavily on, 10, triple two, I can't remember what the regulation number is, but it was the bare base manual of, of a bare base layout. You know, you things, simple things like you don't put the waste water 
in the center of camp, downwind. Right? Everybody kind of, those are simple ones. But when you talk about tent spacing and, <clears throat> and some of the other more intricate things, <clears throat> a lot of people had a lot of ideas. But I had the manual. And I could go back to that. Listen, the Holy Spirit can't remind you of those things that you haven't read. The Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit is interconnected. Don't ask God to lead you and to guide you because He's going to lead and guide you according to His Word. So it, it goes hand in hand. You have to have one with the other. God, it's going to be really hard for the Holy Spirit to guide you if you don't know anything about the Word of God. Look at our nation today. They think they're doing right. What a mess. It goes hand in hand. He can't remind you of those things. The great illuminator of the spiritual life is not the pastor. It's not the Sunday school teacher, but the Holy Spirit. Amen. And listen, when the pastor's preaching, the Sunday school teacher's teaching, guess who's working? The Holy Spirit. Uh, God's design really works. We would do well to know him and to listen to his still small voice in our lives. But if we're not connected to the vine, it won't happen. Listen, the Holy Spirit will both guide you and lead you away from sin, and He'll keep you from sin, just as God's Word will. And this morning as we close, I don't want to close without bringing this thought in. The life of Christ requires endurance by grace. Listen, we want victory day to day, but sometimes we get discouraged an hour into the morning. Listen, it takes endurance. There will be hardships. There will be struggles. Listen, there are days when you won't want to witness for Christ. There are days, there are Sundays that maybe you want to lay on the couch rather than be at church. Enduring isn't always easy. Uh, but we can determine to be faithful to God until we take our last breath. How do we do that? Because God gives us grace for every situation in our lives. Again, it's not about mustering up your own strength. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God that gives grace and empowers us to, uh, to carry on for Him. Uh, every Christian faces temptation. Opportunities to quit. Times of weariness, discouragement. But living the life of Christ requires endurance. you got to keep going. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. Romans 2.7 calls it patient continuance. But here's a few verses for you. 2 Timothy 4.17, I have fought a good fight. It's a fight. It's not easy. I don't know if it, I've, I, we kickboxed when I was in middle school. It's not fun to get hit in the face. I had a kid round kick me in the side of the head, and that was the last time I was like, I'm done. I'm, this ain't for me. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. It's a challenge. We've got to endure Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which suffered so easily, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Who's, I always have these lofty, I'm going to go run 10 miles. And I get about 700 feet into it, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Maybe I'll do one. It's a race. Endurance, patience. It won't always be easy. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, this morning throughout scriptures, we are commanded to pursue the life of Christ with patience and endurance. 
But look at what 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. There's always going to be more grace than you need. He, he's going to provide. And, but listen, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You can't, you're not going to get it if you're prideful. I'm going to close with this illustration. Sorry, I'll be just a minute or two over. But a little boy insisted on giving his offering to the pastor after church on Sunday. Directly, he wanted to give it to the pastor. The pastor kept saying, no, just give it to the ushers. Put it in the offering plate. I, I don't need, you know, you don't give me the money directly. And the little boy kept insisting. And finally, in exasperation, he said this, I really want to give my money to you. My dad says that you're the poorest preacher he has ever heard. (laughs) Obviously, the little boy misunderstood what his dad was saying. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, there's going to be times where you want to quit. There's going to be things that are hurtful that are said. But God's grace is far greater than any of that. And you can continue, but it will take some endurance on your part. Listen, Christ-likeness is not an ethical ideal. It's the manifestation of God's Spirit in the life of a believer. Are you connected to the vine?